Praise God. Hallelujah. It's good to be here tonight. Mm. So, pirate walks into a bar with a, a paper towels on his head, and the bartender says, Why you got paper towels on your head? The pirate says, Arg, there's a bounty on me head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. yes. I thought that was the daddest of all dad jokes I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and it brought me exceeding joy. Praise God. 
You know, one thing we need to ingrain into our thought life is that God is smiling over you because Jesus died for you, and you please God by believing in Jesus. And now it's the faith of understanding what Jesus Christ did to save you that pleases God. Scripture says no one can come to the Father except through faith in Jesus Christ. So we're learning how to please the Father who's already smiling over us because mm -hmm. of the Lamb of God. You could say, oh, he's, he's angry at me. No, the, the devil's angry at you. God's in a good mood. In his presence, there is fullness of anger and frustration of you not being good enough. That's not what the Bible says. That's what the devil says. The Bible says, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy ministries. Flamethrower bug spray for your soul ministries. Amen. Because the bugs are bugging. You know what transforms people's minds and wills and attitudes and character? Recognizing and knowing God's attitude. That's why scripture says, let the same attitude that's in Jesus Christ be in you. How do you get that impartation today? That's the impartation that we need today. The same exact attitude that's in Jesus Christ be in you. Is that something that I do that I conjure up and work up in my own effort? It's faith that manifests the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the attitude of Jesus. You have the attitude of Jesus. Now that's just a yielding, a believing, and a manifesting. You might have to sacrifice the attitude of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we used to say in the AG, it's the stinking thinking. You gotta get out of that stinking thinking by the new wine drinking. What did we learn yesterday? The new wine is the old wine. I remember learning in Pentecostalism that old wine meant religion, and I believe in that understanding it does. But in the context of wisdom, new wine is the original design of God the Father that was perfect, that angel and man screwed up. So you're going back to the original wine, which is a new wine, but it's the oldest one, called the Garden of Eden. I'm excited for that one because it means the deepest mysteries and secrets of the Word of God. The Celestial Torah. Wow, that's exciting. <laughs> the two inverted nuns in the cloud, those two fish, in addition to those five loaves, cannot live on bread alone. How about <laughs> add some fishes in there? <laughs> Good source of protein. Probably like all the vitamins and minerals that you need. I'm talking about heavenly bread and fish, okay? And milk. Milk. That's good. You know the land. I like milk and honey. land is a land of milk and honey. I like milk and honey. I've been like in, on a fresh milk and yogurt kick lately. Oh, yum. <laughs> Curdled milk. Curdled milk. It's in the Bible. Curdled, Curdled milk. milk and glory ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the baby things of the celestial realm. Those are nice. I want my cookie. I want my milk. I want my nap time. <laughs> if this is going to be kindergarten. I took a celestial nap this afternoon after walking around the lake with family members. And when I was coming to Joel's bar, 
there was a like a little sign thing. The little nap. Those are like the little napkin packs. You know the little wet naps. <laughs> yeah. And it said fresh nap on it, and we were just I like. I just woke up from a nap. The best the nap of sign our entire lives. On the walk to Joel's bar, it said fresh nap. And there was two fresh naps. There was two <laughs> fresh naps. One was facing one way, and the other was facing the other way. One was open, and one was sealed. Now it both starts with N. So what do those naps represent? The two nuns, the two fishes. What? This is what the Lord was showing me. We've opened up one. It's something I've been talking to him for the last couple of weeks. But the other one is still sealed. So it's exciting. I'm looking forward to opening up that other book. Oh, yes. Fresh nap. <laughs> you know, sometimes we complain, God, why did you give me the hardest battle? And Jesus is like, dude, you just need to take a nap. Just take a fresh nap. You wake up, the battle's over. <laughs> the battlefield is conjured up through witchcraft, which means your imagination is caught in a snare of a lying spirit from hell. You create hell. It's your faith and one thing or the other that you're experiencing right now. If there's anything in your life that needs correction... You need a belief system and a better system. God's system is called the kingdom of heaven. How do you enter it and get every area of your life perfected? Believing in it. Or worrying, would it, not <laughs> worrying about it and, and asking prayers like, Oh my God, what's wrong? What's We're wrong? so screwed up what down here. Wrong? We're worried wrong? about believing. Oh <laughs> <laughs> We're afraid about faith. It's like... But what if I try to believe and then it doesn't happen and then I... Oh, yes. Is God mad at me? What is, I don't know what's happening. What does it mean? I saw this. This is what I saw. What does it mean? Oh, my God. Oh, what if I think about it if I don't think about it? There's a what's demon called inadequacy, by the way. A lot of these things that you think are in your human character are actually spirits. Mm -hmm. So one of the things you deal with as you're growing as a young believer, a young disciple of the Lord, is separating the spirits out of your divine nature. A lot of the stuff that's being cut out of you, first and foremost, none of it is in the new creature. So everything that's being terminated through the baptism of fire and the altar before his throne is not even a part of you. So your identification is constantly changing. Here's how the enemy defeats Christians. They get them to identify with something and they're stagnant and they think in their mind mm -hmm. a stronghold is a is a belief system that I will always be this way and it's just who I am. That's unbiblical. The Bible says metamorphosis. And metamorphosis isn't a one-time thing. Constant metamorphosis. So, stagnancy, I stop growing because this is just, we have this thing, this personality type. Identity. I'm an introvert, extrovert. No, you're not. You're a Christian, which means you're metamorphosizing. Don't settle for anything you have in the flesh. The enemy, if you read the Bible, wanted to get the Israelites to settle and come into contract with the enemy forces before they had the inheritance in the Promised Land. In the New Covenant, that represents you coming into agreement with the old Adamic nature before you even know who you are in Christ. And if you haven't noticed, that's about what every believer does. We get old and we're like, can't teach an old dog new tricks? Well... You got the newness of Christ in you. And if your brain is caught up in the old man, which is your outer man, you can never grow in Christ. 
we need to get our brain like what is it genesis 28 <laughs> you got to get your brain or genesis 22 like the ram out of the thicket the horns were mm-hmm. caught in the thicket when your mind is caught in the natural realm you can't come to the altar to ascend as an ascension offering so first and foremost what's the point of the gospel hearing and then being removed from the snare of the fowler of any demon spirit any spirit you think is good bad or ugly you might not even know it's a spirit but setting you free from what has ensnared you into the natural realm to bring your mind into the river and the river is the elevator into higher things of god and it's not seen in part anymore i tell you the truth most of the glory stream is talking about ascension and we're not condemning this because it's a good way to get into desire and thirst for righteousness but the bible says we are seeing in part until we see face to face ascension without the teaching of the names of the sapphire stones is seeing in part face to face is knowing the name of the stone you're standing on in the celestial realm Mm -hmm. and understanding its ability Understanding what it corresponds to the celestial garments of the body parts. (laughs) Understanding where you are in the heavenlies and your celestial realms. And then corresponding to all your faith in Christ in the natural realm, in the earthly realm. So you have a wisdom above and below how everything in God's creation works. I believe that is the best wine for last. It's the understanding of the perfection of original design. When you understand how God created things perfectly, you can go back into that state. That, my friends, is the best wine saved for last. We've had bits and pieces in the glory stream. In the pinnacle of the charismatic church, there are bits and pieces. It's a wedding of the appetite. You are going to see face-to-face in this generation. What was the exodus? There has never been a generation that saw God more than the generation of Moses, the Bible says. They would see physically with their eyeballs God descend into the tent and talk to a man face-to-face. That's what the scriptures say. And they wouldn't see it just once. It was a fling thing. They would see it every day. Every day. They saw the greatest craziest demonstrations of God. So we're going to come into a place of constantly seeing God. As the Bible says, they shall all know the Lord. What is knowing? Seeing. Purchase Isaac. See God. They shall all see God. And the response is going to be jubilee. The response is going to be glory. You're going to see him through the blood goggles of Jesus Christ. You're not going to see him through a dim reflection as in a mirror. You're going to see face to face For he has come very near. Face to face with God, and he's smiling at you. Face to face with God ministries. (laughs) It's the best place to be. It's the only place where you're fully alive. That's the place you were created to exist. Close and near to his face. With the exact attitude of the Father, which is joy, the Bible says, Mm -hmm. love, emanating through your whole person. And that's original design. That's the best one. It's the reaction that Adam and Eve had in the beginning toward the Father. 
that corresponding perfect love that had no fear in it, that had no sin in it, no corruption, no defilement, no lust in it, no pride in it. There was no religion in it. It was just perfect, glory, love in a face-to-face relationship with their Creator and their Father. Amen. That's the promise, Lynn. Amen. It's so important to know where you are on sapphire stones, and it gets even more important the higher you go up. One of the challenges is that, you know, as you go up higher, the enemy tries to make it a little bit cloudier or difficult to keep track of where you are, but if you're just consistent and you're rising in grace, you keep track of what sphere you're on, which sapphire stone you're standing on, and you learn accurately the weight of the Lord. How to rise, how to go up. You're studying, not just to gain knowledge or try to catch up or try to, you know, just gotta, you know, let go of the old ways of thinking. I just gotta hurry up and smash in six hours of Bible today. That's good. But the whole focus of your walk shifts to how can I more accurately and quickly rise on sapphire stones well what do you have going on in your life a problem anything a relationship problem a battle with the enemy financial issues um issues at home issues in life any kind of issue no more of this brought out there looking around for what's to just need something it's you stop looking horizontally every single problem in your life the solution is you go up Mm. so my question for you is what's that issue in your life that you're looking for a solution for the answer is always the same and it's simple what ask yourself right now what sapphire stone am i standing on currently what's the next one and the next step in front of me to go up how do i maintain where i'm at in elevation right and how do I go higher? It's always going to be going to that higher realm, a higher rung on the ladder of Jacob. So when you're looking at, well, I have all these external problems or this, you know, it could be family problems, money problems, any kind of issue whatsoever. I have thoughts, all these different issues. You start to understand that that issue will be resolved as I do whatever I have to do to conquer what I'm on, that sphere and have it circumcised, and then go to the next one, and have that circumcised. That's all rising is. It's the inner circumcision of your spirit, soul, and the DNA of your body. So it's less of, I gotta go out here and do all these different things, find all these, find some kind of thing to help make this work in my life. The solution is always overcoming as you go up. He makes it clear to you. And those issues, those problems, are overcome as you take dominion by being at a higher elevation. Otherwise, you'll just be church age, activity, always having problems, even if that one's solved, another one comes up. And so that's where a lot of people's minds need to make the transition into the kingdom age. Whatever it is you're facing in that issue, it gets solved as you go up. The answer is as you go up. So I hope you really paid attention how Brandon described the sapphire stones. Knowing them, rising on them, study it, learn this way, 
and that's how you can be at a higher elevation because the game changes. When you're standing on the moon, or when you're in the sun, and you go higher than that, everything changes. The authority and the influence of the dominion that you'll have over the demons at that level, or the demons occupying the vessels that are giving you a hard time. There's things that you can do to survive as you rise, right? Your prayer. Going to Joel's bar. Praying with the community. You can utilize fasting. Reading the word every day. There's the basic things you learn, the tools. But as you go up, those tools become much more powerful within you because you have revelation inscribed and written on that stone within you <laughs> and it's Jesus Christ it's Jesus Christ himself not knowledge about him about what he said but it's him himself the knowledge of the glory within you as the waters cover the celestial sea I think a lot of people don't realize how desired they are by Jesus and his Father. Jesus Christ said, It's not only I who love you, but my Father loves you also. He had to reiterate this to people because they all had father wounds and they had father issues and human issues, uh, brother and sister issues. They're just all deformed in their belief systems because of a lack of divine love, a pure and perfect love from God in heaven. And so that foundation has to be instilled inside everyone that God desires you to come to him and he wants you where he is. Because <clears throat> then you're always seeking that higher realm of more of him and less of the lower life, less of the animal curse of the fall. And it is that desire from God that leads us in repentance. I woke up this morning, I heard the angel say this audibly, Psalm 23, 6, and this was the transla translation that the angel spoke in, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> I hadn't heard that for a while, but it was fresh and new like a silver mm -hmm. trumpet in my ear when I woke up. The goodness and the mercy of the Father upon you and dwelling in His house, experiencing more of Him. He has all the provisions, all the powers, all the abilities you need for success. I think what the church needs and this group needs is a greater understanding of how desperate He is for you to come to Him and experience Him in a higher holier, more heavenly way. So, if you know that God loves you, you're drawn to Him. If you have rejection issues, orphan issues, love issues, if you don't have the foundation of divine love, there won't be anything that anyone can say to you that will get you to rise to God. Mm -hmm. You will stay low because you don't know that God wants you where He is. So first and foremost, let it be imparted into you by the angels of love. There are angels of love that help you inherit the salvation that comes by experiencing the Father's desire for you to rise to Him 
and be in a greater amount of his presence. Presence is measurable. The closer you get to Jesus' throne, the stronger the presence. If you're really far away, you might not even feel the presence. But if you get closer and closer, because you know that he wants you to get closer, the presence gets stronger. So what transforms you is that presence. That's what completely annihilates all poor behavior. If you got a tobacco issue, an alcohol issue, you got a lust and pornography issue, you got any kind of addiction issue, you got any problems at all, the Bible says that his presence breaks them all off. But we need to come into his presence in a stronger way. You only do that by knowing you're invited. That he wants you to rise. So we can teach about ascension. We can name out and chart out all of Jacob's ladder to the very throne of God. But if you got an orphan and rejection issue, you won't rise. You'll be trying to earn salvation through good works if you got all kinds of bondage in your brain. The foundation for the resurrection is a firm foundation in the love of God. So I just want to reiterate the foundation of the gospel is that God loves you. Yeah, for some reason those demons smell like nasty corn chips. <laughs> like nasty corn chip demon orphans. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of religion that says you're not good enough, you gotta earn God's love. Hey, listen man, Jesus' blood is shed once and for all. You need to see the eyes of the Father through the sacrifice of the Lamb. That's why the bride's called the Bride of the Lamb. Her entire perspective, all of her emotions, all of her feelings are based on the Father's perspective through the blood of Jesus towards her. That's why it says, Restore the joy of salvation. What is the restoration of the joy of salvation? The correct perspective of the Father through the works of the Lamb of God. The works of the Lamb of God is what changes your character in understanding God's nature. Now, if you stay on the other side of the works of the Lamb, I mean, it is absolutely doom and gloom. But if you have faith in the works of the Lamb of God, whoo, you go right up into all the inheritance of Jesus. That's why we preach the gospel, that you would go up through hearing the works of Jesus into the inheritance of Christ, and get caught in between the Father and the Lamb and their heaven. Their heaven is shared with you through the works of Christ. It's the greatest gift you could ever have. God wants you to have it much more so in your lives. First and foremost, you must change your belief systems. You must have a perspective through the blood of Jesus. Why was the Passover lamb with hyssop smeared upon the doorpost? Not just the top of the doorpost, but both the sides, and that is the cosmic menorah. That is the open eyes that are available for you to see clearly who God is in the angelic realm. But it's also upon the doorpost, which is lifting up you ancient gates so the king of glory can come in. What is the lifting up of your heads, you ancient gates? It's the forehead. What is the name of the Lamb of God written upon the forehead in the book of Revelation? Talks about it four times. That the name of Jesus Christ, or the name of the Lamb of God, will be written on the forehead. It's a reference to the Passover blood. That means their thought life is smeared, their perspective is smeared, their emotions, their feelings, and their entire soul is completely consumed 
with the works of our Passover lamb. So we see correctly and accurately, so the devil is not able to steal from us through a lack of the blood of Jesus perspective. If you have a lack of the works of Jesus perspective in your mind, you will try to make up for what the lamb has already done. That means you're working on the wrong side of the cross, buddy. Which means you're not doing angelic works. These are not the good works God's prepared for you to do. Your new creature ain't doing them. Your old creature's trying to do them. So it's through faith that you get lifted up through the correct perspective of the blood of Jesus into doing the works on the kingdom side of the Lamb. If you're trying to do the works on this side of the Lamb, it's all religion, guys, isn't it? Let's hose it all down. I like gunk in there. Shoot. Just blast them with the blood of Jesus. Get your conscience and your brain washed. Wash, wash, wash. Says that they're they're all their consciousness, their spirit, your soul, your mind, even your flesh shall be washed crystal clear Mm. and sparkling in the blood of Jesus. Yeah. I want um, everyone just to kind of take an assessment too. Otherwise, you know, you get caught up in your head, in your brain. Oh my gosh, what should I do? What should I do? And that's just common to all flesh. So let's just take a little quick assessment and just look through what God has told you. What has God told you recently, like in this season, uh, that he wants you to do? I mean, as far as uh, business or your long-term goals, what are the next steps in the next two weeks, four weeks, three months, uh, the next year? What are some actual goals uh, that God has asked you to, to move forward and or, or to do or to change maybe there's a, is there is it a change in your business what do you know that God has given you revelation and has the I mean the voice of God has spoken to you and it's been confirmed and you have it maybe you should write it down I highly recommend writing it down because people tend to forget but uh, if you understand the people who are walking on sapphire stones this is a part of the discipline that they have. They understand, okay, this is the instruction that God gave me. This is what he's asking me to do. And it is very common, and it's the human nature to just forget it. And then days go by, weeks go by, months go by, and then later on when things aren't going right or stuff, like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Yeah, like five, seven months ago, forgot about, you know, because we don't, we have to pay all the more attention to what we hear from God. Otherwise, we'll miss those little instructions like, Here's the specific three things that you need to do in, within this timeline for things to kind of line up. And, but he speaks to us, but we tend to forget. So I just want, let the reminder angels remind you if there's something that you've forgotten. Yeah. Uh, or like we get caught up, oh, well, there was a time in the season God had you doing this or doing that. Was it just for a season? It, it might not be like your identity, your permanent thing, so you have to be a little fluid sometimes. Okay, what's the next step? Am I just working this job, you know, forever? Uh, you know, it, maybe you haven't held jobs down very well in the past. He wants you to have some longevity. Like, um, typically good businesses, you spend at least like a year solid in a job, if, if, even in the lower level ones usually. A solid year is kind of like you learn, you complete, and that looks good, you know, like on a resume. That's just, you know, for wisdom. But what has God spoken to you? Is there certification certification you're training for? Uh, is there a different aspect of the business realm that's a little more modern 
right? Because there are newer and better ways to do things than in the past. Is there new? Is there research he's asked you to do? What are the most modern, up-to-date, current tools that can help you be more successful? Or is it like a rebrand, redesigning your branding or your website? There's way more tools than there were like even just like three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Everything's completely changed in the last year. Like the access and the tools available to small business owners are so vast now. But the thing is, there's a, it's a sea of information. But if we're just kind of, I'm still stuck in my kind of, I'm only caught up in religion. Mm. And so I'm not paying attention to my develop, like you should always be developing and advancing uh, in your studies. Like if you are the expert in your field, what are the changes in your field of study? What is the latest thing that would benefit you to be at the top of your game and be the best in your field with the most modern information? That might apply to you, that might not. You know, for us, we're always trying to, you know, go to the what's the very cutting edge in the spiritual realm, what God is doing, the very cutting edge of what God's doing, what he wants to do in the earth, what he wants to do in your hearts, you know, the teaching and the preaching. So we want to stay at that cutting edge all the time. We never settle. Same thing for your business. You want to stay right there on the cutting edge. If something is working perfectly, it doesn't mean you have to fix everything. And, you know, don't fix it if it's not broke. But what we don't want you to do is so many people get caught into religion. They just kind of click into autopilot under that black sun. And you just kind of get by. You want to be the very best at what you're called to be. Learning righteousness and walking in the glory, going glory to glory. Use that to, amen. Can I get a witness? The cat's meowing over there. You want to be the very best in your field and utilize that modern modern tools and information and use it to your advantage to position you as like having the most beautiful social media or the most beautiful website, whatever benefits your business, whatever benefits you as an entrepreneur, or maybe you're working for someone else. What kind of studying or knowledge or practice or mentorship can you start doing now that let's say a year from now you might not be the the most expert or pro at it but you're going to be much better how can you improve in what you're doing now and that's going to bring honor and glory because it's written in the bible right it glorifies your father in heaven it's written in the bible that those who are the best at what they do they'll do it for kings what does that mean in our modern world, that means there's going to be increase for you. It's not just like, oh, yeah, you want undeserved favor? Yes, we want the undeserved favor of the Lord. But you can't expect to be, you know, hired by the best in the world. Greater works, John mm -hmm. 14, 12, because he went to the Father, which is an impartation of working ability. Mm -hmm. Greater works means greater excellence in works. This all deals with the mm -hmm. realm of the will. Yeah. I was talking about the realm of the faith, and it's in critical that you merge them together. Yeah. Because faith without works is dead. So she brought mm -hmm. all the works with, um, in the will realm as I was bringing mm -hmm. all the faith realm, and you need them both. both. Otherwise, you get right. into religious error. Yeah, it's so good. I'm so excited because yeah, I'm so excited for you because this is going to take you to the next level. And I've already heard reports back from people even rising on sapphire stones that even the studying of the materials of what they're called to do 
It's so interesting and it's so anointed and it meshes with the sapphire stones. It's all connected. They can see the revelation. So this is not just for, you know, a couple of people. This is for anyone who wants to rise. And the righteousness goes hand in hand with your destiny, your job, your studies, your work, whatever it is. And you want to be an artisan? Now, some people are saying, you know, I want, that sounds great, but I know my limitations. I don't have that ability. I don't, I've got a mental block. When I try to do this, I just, you know, there's, there's a block there. I don't know. It doesn't work for me. That's why you have to overcome and rise higher on sapphire stones. That circumcision breaks the barrier so that you can have a greater mental capacity and physical ability to do that thing that God created you to do. It's not something that you're just making up that you're like, I guess this will be good for money. No, forget about that. Stop all that kind of activity. That's nonsense. I understand you. Oh, you, I just got to get by. I just got to pay my bills. What did God put you on the earth to do? What are you supposed to do? What's the gift that God placed inside of you? Not just to kind of, ooh, la la, you know, and hopefully we'll win the jackpot someday. That's the black sun. Oh, I'll just, you know, just, and then there got, the earth is about to roll up like a scroll any day now, so I'm just trying to ride it out. <laughs> that is so wrong. That is laziness. That's black sun. We got to find, find your lane, because that's the only place we are not going to walk in, you know, striving. You're not going to walk in, in lack in, or in jealousy or in all those bad things. Find your lane. Which the lane is the highway of holiness, but what's, I feel so much fire coming out now. Like, what is that gift that God has created in you? You discover that and you walk in the highway of holiness. That's your ticket. That's where you're going to be satisfied, fulfilled, happy, not jealous of other people's destinies. You are going to love doing what God made you to do. So I just want to release that to you. And if you don't know what that is, I just thank you, Father, for all these people, those gifts that you created in them. You knit them together, every single one in their mother's womb. You know the gifts that you've put in there. I ask that they be revealed to them tonight. That they would see it, they would know it, it would be a revelation, they would write it down and get a clear picture for their next steps, whether it's business, financial, continuing their education, or just if they don't know what they're even doing with their lives, all they know is they want to give their lives to you. Let clarity come forth and signs and wonders to confirm the word that you speak to them. So they can start walking in destiny through sapphire stones. Amen. I was feeling the angel wings fluttering all throughout mm -hmm. my forehead just a couple minutes ago. And I hear him saying... Who told you greater works were religious? Mm. <laughs> How did Babylon fall in the days of Daniel? You say, Daniel's excellence. What was Daniel's excellence? Daniel's works. Mm. Daniel's excellent works, if you read the book of Daniel, is what conquered several kingdoms. So when Jesus Christ says, greater works will you do because I'm going to the Father, people have strongholds and be like, signs and wonders. Miracles, how about greater eight to five? Yeah, because that is absolutely part of it. A mm -hmm. greater working excellence, 
And that's not the only thing, but that needs to be part of it because we have a religious spirit that doesn't make work holy. In Jewish culture, working in the marketplace, 11 out of 12 tribes was holy to the Lord. It was spiritual. It was angelic. Mm -hmm. It was God's will. It was the place where you encounter God. Working to God is holy. Haven't you ever read in the New Testament? Work unto the Lord and not for men. Why? Mm -hmm. Because working is holy. What do angels do? Works. What do the born-again believers do? The good works God's prepared for them to do. So we the working aspect is essential Mm -hmm. for rising. Here's why. Jesus Christ said, My food is to do the will of my Father who sent me. The will is the bone part of the soul. So... They took Joseph's bones in the Exodus, okay, and it was Moses' staff and Joseph's bones. The Jews have completely written this history down that it was not just Moses' staff. But when Joseph's bones or Joseph's will touched the waters of the Red Sea, it parted. So this action of the will in the bones is what parts the way for your destiny. You've seen this. People get into slothfulness. We call it black sun because that's exactly what it is. Where you just have this spiritual, vain imagination of success. Doing the greater works are always religious works. It's not the works of actually in the marketplace. It's some kind of idea that you have in delusion of a minister, a prophet's works. Listen, man. Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. Business. Marketplace. This is about marketplace revival. 99% of the stuff that goes down goes on down here that will revolutionize society will mm-hmm. be in business works, mm-hmm. marketplace works. Until that becomes spiritual to you, you'll have a demon in you that's not giving you the rewards of the works that are holy to the Lord in mm-hmm. the marketplace. Which means you won't feel the presence. It'll just be a slavery thing mm-hmm. until I'm mature enough to be a full-time Chasing minister. Leisure. Until I'm mature enough to be a full... That's a demon, guys. That's a demon. That's a demon. And I'll tell you what, it does not get any easier being a minister. It really does not. Uh, that There's a, the idolatry of chasing American leisure culture that's in a lot of the people who've only known working for Pharaoh. Right? If you've only known working for Pharaoh, you've got to rise in Joseph purity. Like Brandon said, that will part the way for you. That parts the Red Sea for you to come out from that whole culture of being slave to Pharaoh. Now, first it's going to happen in your spirit, but you have the power to transform your workplace. Hmm. And I can say that. I know that from experience. That's what God did in my training through every job that he took me through. Some of them were some of the most crazy jobs that, you know, like I said, grown men would run out crying and because uh, they couldn't handle the pressure. <laughs> like, it was very rare for people to make it through. It was just incredible pressure and and challenging and you had to I, you'd sometimes stay up all night studying just to pass the test in these different places you know just all kinds of crazy different environments some really amazing jobs but they were all challenging in a way that stretched me beyond what my current ability was i would be studying at night praying and asking god oh you know because the limitations of your own flesh how am i going to you know learn all these things and memorize these things and i just you know I had the experience when I was younger, just years of, you know, like antidepressants, ADHD medicines, like 
all kinds of different things that I was on like that. And I just, I didn't have it uh, in my mind to be able to do that. And he just, God blessed me. And so I've been a probably, I don't know, like maybe more than a decade or, or more than that, like completely medication free, uh, higher functioning. I mean, I love studying. I love learning the things of God. And I learned how to enjoy learning from my jobs. And so he would, I would pray or, and I'd have a, pr a friend pray with me because you have two in agreement. Bam, there's the breakthrough. Boom, the information, it was in there. It went in there. I could feel it. I could remember it. And so I would break through. And so every single one of those job experiences was about dying to self, forgiving people for how they treated me and others, loving them despite it, and bringing the gospel. Not in like a weird, okay, I'm the preacher here now, kind of like, but I'm also going to not do a good enough job as everyone else. That's a quick way to, to get people to hate Christianity. If you slack off at your job, you just can't wait to clock out and everybody's mean to me. That's how it is in Babylon the Great. But what do you do? Love, love, love harder. Work harder than everybody else. Help the people who slander you at work. Cover their stuff at work, you know. There's things that you do, and if you just love them aggressively like that, <laughs> love aggressively <laughs> at work, and just continue to forgive them, forgive the offenses, and treat all the customers, whether they come in angry, instead of like, oh great, I have people, customers coming in angry. Every single one of them was an opportunity. Hmm. How can I change these frowns into smiles? And by the end of it, you see their entire day completely turned around just by simple not getting offended at their being mean towards you and being kind to them loving them you gotta be firm not let them push you around when there's just a demon manifesting at you but when you're consistently doing that when those occasions come up god stands up for you god will stand up for you and so you know earning respect in the workplace through your work ethic why what's that death to self well everybody else is like oh Oh, it's so, so blah, blah, blah. It's so slow today at work. Oh, it's so busy today at work. Oh, it's so rainy outside. Oh, it's so nice outside. I wish I could go outside. It's just animal activity. Oh, man. Can't wait to get out of here. Oh, is anyone going home early? Hopefully it's me. You, that's got to die. I don't, I would not expect to get any other job until that dies. This is what you do. This is where God has me for a training, so I'm all in. I don't have any other plans today. I don't need to get out of here early. Anything else? Oh, well, I got invited to. Whatever. I have no life. My life is God's life. That's it. I don't have any other plans. I don't need to get out early to eat. Fine. I can uh, die to my animal nature that says, Oh, well, I need to hurry up and be done with work because I'm so hungry. Okay, die to it. Get over it. That's just, this is my training. Maybe this is too intense for some people, but, but that was the training. Whatever it was. Oh, my feet hurt so bad from 16 hours of straight walking on concrete ow, all day. Oh, the cross. The cross. Ow, ow. Oh, poor me. Everyone me. was so mean today and people are slandering me constantly and setting me up for failure. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. I have God helping me. And I'm going to love them whether they like it or not. I think one of the main revelations lacking in the body mm. of Christ, you see the Holy Ghost talking about this a lot the last two years. Yeah. People don't believe you can ascend while working in the marketplace. That's how it starts. It's it's delusion. 
Yeah. The path before, I would say the path before 99% of believers is ascension through working in the marketplace. Yep. You go into the marketplace, that's your rising. You don't just rapture when you're whacked out on the couch. You mm -hmm. rapture in the works. You rapture in the marketplace mm -hmm. through the excellence of Daniel in good works. Right. That is how almost okay. all believers will rise. And I've got to share this with you too because out of all the instances where God gave me a platform in all of my workplaces, God, well, some of the earlier ones were just mainly sanctification, but I always had an opportunity to share the gospel. And it wasn't as, oh, I got a, that weird pressure of religion, like, oh, I better share the gospel or didn't. It was mainly work ethic. It was mainly die to that animal feeling, oh, I need to eat. Oh, I didn't get enough sleep. Oh, I only had, you know, I didn't, I only had, you know, three or four hours of sleep because I needed to stay up and pray, worship, read my Bible, uh, regardless of how much sleep I got or not, because I, I needed to do what I needed to do to keep going whatever battles I had to fight, and that's just what I had to do. Oh, well, I only had four hours of sleep and I have to work 17 hours a day. Poor me. No. God gives me all the energy I need. If that's what I had to do, uh, if that's what I had to do to get that word in, if that's the only amount of sleep I have, that's all I need. God's grace abounds. This is where he has me. This is my training. There's a there's this verse, I can't remember what it was, but I came across it, and the gist of it was Jesus did not complain. And so I would just repeat that. I wrote it down. Jesus didn't complain. Jesus didn't complain. Everybody at work is complaining about the conditions of work. Don't complain. Don't stand around it. Don't hear it. Don't listen to it. Don't participate in it. You're only going to reap the demonic. Almost every single one of my opportunities to share the gospel and people getting saved in my workplaces, baptized in fire, um, all this kind of stuff, healing customers, that stuff, it didn't come about just from trying to be weird and religious. It always came about from first establishing work ethic and proving myself faithful and loyal and honest and trustworthy with whoever my supervisors were or the, the owners, my coworkers. <laughs> and in the end, what it did was people would listen to me because they respected me because they always could count on me to be there for them, regardless of how they treated me. And so that opened up the way for the gospel. And what happened was every single one of those circumstances, when I would finish a season at a job, <laughs> the person in charge or the people would come to me and either their kind of funny way of apologizing or, you know, however hard of a time they gave me or not, they really appreciated what I did there. And they would always tell me, you really changed things here. Or even when I was only there for like a year, you might not have been here for a long time but you really made an impact. And there was one, one of my final, uh, one of my last couple of jobs, I opened up, it opened up for me to speak and share the gospel with the entire staff all at once together with the owners. And it was a moment of power. And after that came out, I said, you know what? I believe that's what I came here to do. That whole job, all that crazy training, it trained me. <laughs> I mean, I did crazy things. I was answering phones trying to speak a language I barely knew how to do professionally. I mean, working in, you know, like insurance and like all these people with all these different languages, the craziest, busiest schedule where you could just be so busy, so challenged. And it was absolutely thrilling every day. That's when I would be like, you know, when you're so tired, you're blacking out in the middle of like 
waiting for the phone call to go through while you're doing something on the computer. I remember that season. Maybe, and then I went like, I would home, jer- She'd go home then and then read the Bible till like four in the morning. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would do that. I'd be like, you know, get three hours of sleep tonight? No problem. Okay. But then I remember one time I was waiting for the insurance to pick up the line and I blacked out and came back to my body within a second. And I saw the end from the beginning. I saw the Lamb of God slain before the beginning of time. And I was just like, it's worth it. Lunch break sometimes, okay, uh, there's too much spiritual battle. I need to eat my Bible. Another day, okay, the angel will say, nourish yourself. Make sure you eat well today. You're going to need the energy. So it's just whatever season you're in, you can't compare it to somebody else's season. If it's a season of prayer and fasting, you better be prayer and fasting. You're doing prayer and fasting. If it's a season of taking care of your diet and your nutrition, eating a certain way, staying hydrated, getting the proper rest, that's what you better be doing. It's not a formula. It's what God is telling you this season right now. But the thing that's the same for the body of Christ this season is go up on sapphire stones. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that's going to help you. And it's going to give breakthroughs mm-hmm. uh, in your workplace, mm-hmm. in your business. So This is this is so huge. And yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. The Lord is just unfolding this. How did the enemy get into the promised land? By doing the works of their father, the devil. That's what the scripture says. Works. Mm-hmm. Okay. They built cities. So the works of the enemy built cities. They, you know, possessed Canaan, all the different stuff. Mm-hmm. It was all through works. Well, how did the sorcerers conquer the second heavens? Works. Mm-hmm. How did they become the CEOs of almost all the Fortune 500 companies? Works. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you get your promised land of taking those realms, the same exact realms called the second heavens, what the Bible says is your promised land. It's going to take doing the works of Christ. What's the fifth book of the New Testament? Acts of the Holy Spirit. No. Works of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom only advanced through the works of the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. So here's the issue. Since we all come out of the works of the devil, Mm -hmm. we have this thing where it's like works aren't holy. My prayer is holy. My speaking Mm -hmm. in tongues. My spiritual time is holy. My cave is holy. You know, when I'm my alone time with God, my Bible study, mm-hmm. you have to come out of that. Now, that is true, and that's a part of your walk, but it is not the mm-hmm. fullness of the walk. The, the fullness of the walk will only come in doing the works of the Holy Spirit. This is how you come out of your shell. And for most of you, you will never rise. Mm-hmm. You will never ascend. You'll never step on the moon except through the works mm-hmm. that God has prepared for you. The excellence of Daniel was excellent works. God had prescribed, he had sent angels, and the man of God had to cooperate with the will of God, and as he cooperated and moved his bones, Mm -hmm. moved the bones in his face, in his mouth, to say a certain thing, moved the bones in his arms and his legs Mm -hmm. to certain areas, and he flowed with God, doing the will of God, the works of God, and he did it excellently, That's how the devil's Mm -hmm. systems were torn down. Amen. Mm -hmm. Daniel was the most excellent businessman Mm -hmm. in the entire world through several kingdoms. Notice how he didn't try to save the king either and try to tell everybody about (laughs) his personal belief system and like, hey, you know, like even my belief system is different. He was okay with turning him into a dog that ate grass. Yeah, he wasn't. And you notice he just focused on his excellence in what he was doing in his jobs there. And he had his prayer time daily. 
But when the king summoned him because of his reputation, that's when the opportunity came. And I want to say that for you because a lot of people who get into, you know, the glory stream and charismatic Christianity have this weird uh, demonic bondage where they feel like they go into a workplace and they feel this weird pressure. I got to tell everybody all my beliefs. You need some serpent wisdom. Do not practice strange fire in your workplace mm. because that is the fastest way to get canceled, delays, everything messed up, business partnerships. Literally, you're in, you are actually not supposed to throw pearls before swine. Religion is pure angelic death. And that doesn't mean you have to hide your beliefs, <laughs> but there is a serpent wisdom that you can have like, you know how people talk about, like, your elevator pitch? Do you guys know that? Does anyone elevator pitch Jacob you know? with the spotted and the speckled. With the spotted and speckled. <laughs> okay, also, on, on a note here, this is a note. There's a couple things here. So, um, elevator pitch, for those who don't know, uh, they say when you're doing job hunting or when you're starting to get into any kind of, like, business professional environment, they say, how do you kind of sell yourself, right, uh, to the people that you want them to hire you? And so they're like, oh, well, I work good. I uh, I believe in God, I work good. And, uh, you know, well, I just, uh, well, yeah, I, I, well, I worked for this job and then it worked out for this. And you're like, five mile line by there, there's done. Elevator pitch is like, usually like, like a three bullet point highlights of the best qualities that you have in business. And it's something that you practice, you write out. And so when it comes to your elevator pitch, if all of a sudden a huge opportunity comes or you meet someone, let's say you have a somewhat acquaintance that knows someone who's hiring a position that you want, and now here's your time to impress that person. You're like, oh yeah, this is so-and-so. They work for this. They work over here. And if they ask you, oh yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, what do you tell me about yourself? What do you do? That's where you have that elevator pitch. Oh yeah. You know, you say, oh, I'm so-and-so, this is, you know, this is where I work, this is this is what I do, this is what I'm passionate about, these are my skills. And what it is, is it's it, it's an elevator, it brings you up. It lifts up the best of what you have to offer, so that gives that impression with the potential person hiring you. They're like, oh yeah, those are three solid points, they have a nice presentation, a good handshake, and you're memorable. So it, it's just... Those kind of basic things, people learn that like in college, even probably in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, but for some reason, that kind of stuff is kind of lacking. If you notice, just like within most Christian circles, it's more like, oh yeah, we know this guy, he's Christian. Should, you know, they're really, he's a really nice guy. And then they come over and you're just like, oh my God, everything was horrible. <laughs> like, didn't do a good job at all. They're like, but it's really nice and we're friends with them. Very low vibration. <laughs> low vibration. <laughs> Ooh, you know it's just it, it's just there's got to be excellence it's not just like oh well i'm in the faith and so like just be nice to me and give me an opportunity like we want to move beyond that kind of a thing like there's grace for that but it's like there should be more excellence mm. in the people of god there should be more shrewd businessmen and in, in, out of the people of god like who come on what was the other one? Oh yeah, you said Laban. This was the other one you want to say, Jacob and Laban. Oh yeah. Look, okay, this is a little bit more for the business sharks <laughs> who are going to be like deal, maybe dealing, maybe you deal with this higher level how, things, Fortune five hundred companies. 
and I've seen this in the mystic realm, like what it actually looks like at the forefront of the, what, you know, I've seen this, how it looks in the invisible realm, but look at Jacob and look at Laban. The whole time we found out in secret that Laban was always plotting to destroy Jacob. But how was he to his face? Really nice, right? Mm. Cordial, polite, professional. But he was trying to destroy him with like red magic the whole time. He was very nice to him, yeah? Face to face. Jacob's shrewd serpent-like wisdom. Esau, again, he was trying to destroy Jacob. Mm -hmm. How did Jacob, Jacob knew what was going on. How did Jacob face Laban? Professional, mm -hmm. polite. He didn't, he did not talk about those things he did in secret to undermine Laban. I'm going to say that again. Jacob did not mention to Laban's face the things that he was doing in secret to undermine mm -hmm. Laban because he was wicked. And God was giving, when God gives you a download to get you out of the pit of the sorcerer of Satan. Ooh, feel that? I have a drink. Laban prays off of uh, false love and, and niceness. Yep. And, and you will be enslaved your whole lives and never go from glory to glory to marketplace. Unless you become like mm -hmm. Jacob to Laban. Right. And then even Jacob had to have real serpent wisdom with Esau. It took him 20 years. It wasn't overnight. It took wrestling <laughs> on a sapphire stone to break through against Esau, the prince of Esau. Mm -hmm. So there are spiritual battles that you'll win that will help you in business. And it's on sapphire stones. That's how Jacob was able to get away from Laban, mm -hmm. from his sorceries with his wealth. Mm -hmm. Laban tried to steal his wealth, his family, his belongings. And then here comes Esau. He had to have certain heights in the sapphire stones. There are certain levels of economic breakthrough that God has, has decreed for some of you watching today. Like Abraham inheritances, you know, Jacob inheritances. But you're not going to win those battles unless you go up sapphire stones. That's where Jacob won. That's where you're going to win. So understand, this is mutually benefit, mutually beneficial for the kingdom of God breakthroughs. Because your breakthrough is breakthrough for the whole body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So just get all the religion and the guilt. Oh, well, blah, 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 and money. Just it get it all through the out. veins and arteries yep. if you get it where you're at. Right. So you go up sapphire stones and start winning those battles. The the best part right now is a lot of those uh, sapphire stones are really clear right now. And they're the easiest it's ever been to rise. There's a clear map. Uh, there's a clear teaching on how to rise. And we've already dealt with the main principalities on those sapphire stones. So you really mostly just have to deal with the circumcision on the inside uh, of whatever the familiars and the, and the DNA and so it's the easiest it's ever been to do it. The clearest teaching that we've ever seen on this topic that God's releasing in this time through Red Letter Ministries for you to rise. And so take advantage of that. Take advantage of the free resources, the classes, uh, just the materials. Studying your free time. And I know time can run short, but I also know whatever it takes in any season, that's just what I've had to do. And that's what I would do if it's if I gotta work 14 hours 17 hours if I gotta get a very low amount of sleep whatever it is that you have to do you can be assured God is with you if this is the narrow way you want to walk on the narrow way of holiness 
and you've really fully committed your heart, mind, and soul, God's going to help you. So he's asking you to do this. He's desiring for you to rise and get to know him. You're going to have more joy. You're going to have more clarity. And when it comes to those big financial decisions you have to make, it's not just like, well, I have no direction and what do I do? That sapphire stone gives you the clarity to see your next steps. So, yeah. Yeah, um, really the wrestling against uh, the enemy, these uh, two principalities this last couple days has all been business related and financial related. So that's where the armies of the living God are. Now look at Laban. Laban was known by Jewish historians Mm -hmm. as the master of magic arts of all 10 classifications of Satan's sorceries. He was world famous as being the greatest sorcerer in the world. Okay, that's Laban. Jacob conquered Laban and boasted to his brother Esau that I have come out from among Laban, the greatest sorcerer Mm -hmm. in the world, who had all the ability to ensnare or even kill any man. Okay? Mm -hmm. But Jacob was set free. Why? Because of his greater works, knowing his God, and doing a greater, more excellent work, even in the shrewdness and the slyness mm-hmm. of serpent wisdom, yep. wise as serpents, yep. gentle as doves. Yep. To his face, he was gentle as a dove. Yep. Behind, Business professional. Behind the scenes, Jacob was as wise as a serpent. Yep. And he was in covenant with his God, walking yep. before God righteously. Most of you have so much Christian niceness on you. Come on, that's you would come say, down. Oh, I'm being deceptive and I'm not being honest. No, you are dealing with the highest level sorcerers in the world. Come on. And if you are not sly and shrewd like Jacob, you'll be ensnared and never rise on the mountain until you Come get on. into the same attitude as Jacob. You're going to do this it. This is how you take down the magic arts. Now, you are in a system called Babylon the Great, which is the seed of Laban and all ten of those kings in Revelation, mm-hmm. which are the ten classifications of of all fallen angel ability, which is called the magic arts. That's what the Bible calls them. That's what you're facing. You will not overcome them unless you get into the same attitude and works as Jacob overcoming Laban. Now, here are these two verses. Titus 1.16. They profess that they know God, but by their works, they deny him. Titus 2.7. And in all things, show yourself to be an example of, of good works. Titus 1.16, Titus 2.7. So the formula, there is a formula. The formula is letting God's Holy Spirit completely transform you to do something called the works of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is only advanced, if you read the New Testament, through works. And so we get into what the apostles are doing. The apostles doing all these missionary works all over the world. And we don't understand how that applies to us. 99% of us that are not in full-time ministry, it applies to the marketplace, to Jacob's ability, to Mm -hmm. Daniel's excellence, to to taking all of this impartation, all of this spirituality, your whole relationship with God, and doing great exploits, which means great works. Mm -hmm. This is the mountain of the Lord before you, working unto the Lord. I tell you what, The reason why we face so much anti-work is because in the lower levels of this company and the Pentecostal church coming into the glory of God, the devils were there 
to turn working into something like slavery. They did it on purpose, knowing that's what brought Babylon of old down. That's what brings mm-hmm. this Babylon the Great down also. That's why the strongholds are mm-hmm. so terrible and the demonic resistance mm-hmm. is fierce. Mm-hmm. This is how we get it done. This is how these mountains mm-hmm. are cast through the sea. It is excellence in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. It is the mountain of the Lord that you climb on by doing the works of the Holy Spirit in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Right. So you get out. That's amazing. Amen. So we get out the idolatry of the money. Get out the idolatry of the destiny, all the kind of stuff. So you're working out, you put on the altar. So there's that part of it. And then also there's the, you know, forsaking that false love, Christian kindness to Laban, who is just going to destroy destiny and delay and destroy and steal, all while being so nice to your face the whole time. Right? So that's what we don't want for you. How do you overcome red sorcery of Babylon the Great, it's always righteousness, right? That red righteousness. You're going to want to rise to where you start to get cleansed to deal with red magic. We talk about black and white magic, right? Johnny's and Jambres, but that um, Balaam, son of Beor, son of Laban, is the, the household of red magic, which is above those. It's the household of the red dragon. Those are the ones who learned from Uzzah and Azael in the mountains of the east mm-hmm. original uh, sorceries those higher levels so uh, they the, the defilements that they go into are the things that lift them up in the heavens to the red dragon level and so that's you know that's babylon the great and you might start dealing if you're going into business and these different realms you'll deal first with their offspring or their offshoots which is uh trees produce fruit after their own kind so people who train in those colleges uh, people who grow up in that business, in that arena, or they look up to them as spiritual authority, right? Because when someone's like, oh, yeah, this is a, this CEO, this businessman, that's who I look look up to. What secret society are they a part of? They're producing that fruit. So even though they're not initiated knowingly, they're initiated when they eat the fruit of that businessman. So that's how the whole society is rampant with it, with red magic and sorcery even though some of them aren't consciously initiated. They're initiated by eating that fruit, and it reproduces within them. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so hidden. It remains secret. Uh, but we have a verse here. A couple, There's a couple verses. Because there is a key. Where is the limitations of the red magic of Laban? Balaam, Beor, mm-hmm. Laban. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. When Laban goes after Jacob, God says something to Laban in a dream specifically, and that limits him. It also happened when we have our first run in here, Genesis 24. Now this is about, we're going back a little generation here. Genesis 24, this is in the Amplified. Now, Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. And Laban ran out to the man at the well. Remember, this is Torah we're reading. So we're reading about a historical event that happened and people. But it's also speaking of a mystical parable that's happening as it was going down in the earth. It's reflecting the invisible. Now, Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban. And Laban ran out to the man at the well. When he saw the ring 
and the bracelets on his sister's arms. And when he heard Rebecca, his sister, saying, The man said this to me. He went to Eliezer and found him standing by the camels at the spring. And Laban said, Come in, blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside, since I have made the house ready and prepared the place for the camels? So the man came into the house, and Laban unloaded his camels and gave them straw and feed. And he gave water to Eliezer to wash his feet, and the feet of the men who were with him. But when the food was set before him, Eliezer, he said, I will not eat until I have stated my business. And Laban said, Speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become great, wealthy, powerful. I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become great, wealthy, powerful. He has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and servants and maids and camels and donkeys. Now Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was in her old age. And he has given everything that he has to him. My master made me swear an oath, saying, You must not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live. But you shall instead go to my father's house and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. Then I said to my master, But suppose the woman will not follow me back to this land. He said to me, The Lord before whom I walk habitually and obediently, habitually and obediently, will send his angel with you to make your journey successful. And you will take a wife from my son, from my relatives, and from my father's house. Then you will be free of my oath when you come to my relatives, and if they do not give her to you, you will also be free of my oath. I came today to the spring and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if now you will make my journey on which I go successful, Please look, I am standing by the spring of water. Now let it be that when the maiden whom you have chosen for Isaac comes out to draw water, and to whom I say, please give me a little water to drink from your jar. And if she says to me, you drink, and I will also draw water for your camels. Let that woman be the one whom the Lord has selected and chosen as a wife for my master's son. Before I had finished praying in my heart, behold, Rebekah came out with her water, jar on her shoulder, and she went down to the spring and drew water. And I said to her, Please, let me have a drink. And she quickly let her jar down from her shoulder and said, Drink. And I will also water your camels. So I drank and she watered the camels. Then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? She said, The daughter of Bethuel, 
Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him, and I put the ring in her nose and the bracelets on her arms. And I bowed down my head and worshipped the Lord, and blessed the Lord, the God of my master, Abraham, who had led me in the right way to take the daughter of my master's brother to his son as a wife. So now, if you are going to show kindness and truth to my master, being faithful to him, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right or to the left and go on my way. Then Laban and Bethuel answered, The matter has come from the Lord, so we dare not speak bad or good to you about it. We cannot interfere. Rebecca is before you take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son as the Lord has spoken. The matter has come from the Lord, so we dare not speak bad or good to you about it. When Laban hunted down Jacob, pursuing him using magic to catch up to him, even though he had a head start, God warned him in a dream not to say, speak either good or evil to him. They understand the limitation. <laughs> That's the limitation of red magic. Mm-hmm. The limitation of red, red magic? God. They just can't get through God. Yep. <laughs> Amen. So all these men and women, they simply walked with God. <laughs> and they could not be stopped. Hebrews 1.10 And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the works of your hands. The heavens will be the works of your hands. So you look at your hands. The heavens will be the works through your hands if you just look at them. That's what's going to pour forth through you, the heavens. And it will be the God of heaven and his heavens pouring through your hands that will destroy all the works of the enemy in this generation. Amen. Amen. There's a place in righteousness as you rise <laughs> where God himself will speak on your behalf. And when the, ooh, the Lord... Your God, the Lord our God, maker of heaven and earth, God, hey, vav, hey, the angel of the Lord speaks a word on your behalf against red sorcery in the highest level of witchcraft, mm -hmm. the highest level of sorcery. They may neither speak evil or good because why is that important that they can't say good or evil to you or about you? Even their blessings are curses, I'll tell you that. Even the good things, the, the externally good-looking things that Balaam would say, were curses yeah. towards the people of God. Now, that takes that'll take wisdom. That might take great wisdom to understand. But it's important that these soothsaying, red magic, red sorcerers of the mountains of the east of Uzzah and Azael, of the red dragon really, become powerless to speak either good or evil concerning you. And that only comes through walking in righteousness. 
not just generally being a believer and hopefully everything will work out and still under the illusion and delusion of secret sin and things like that, but really walking in the highway of holiness. The red righteousness, when you start to get into that sanctification, it's right around Jared's internal castle, the sixth interior mansion, where the blood of the lamb in the celestial places. If you have eyes to see when you get there, you'll see that that's the color. It's a red man, it's that red interior castle. If you want more specifics on that teaching in that season, I think it was around the Christmas season last year. Mm. Around the Christmas season, we had all the Jared signs and wonders. We were going through that interior castle, level one of that interior castle. So you can go back and take a look if that's something that you feel led to do. But it's really when you're getting into that sixth interior mansion. Again, you can go through the six interior castles of Enoch, the generations of Enoch, and study more in depth there and get a grid for that. But start to walk in it. Go to the, Start with the next sapphire stone. The good thing about this walk is you're not really going to be confronting those higher level things. That's something that uh, John Paul Jackson taught on I thought was really interesting. Those higher principalities in your region, they don't really pay attention to you until you become a threat until you start to rise you really start to make an impact and take things out the kingdom of, he of hell the kingdom of hell is very lazy in that way they'll leave it to their their grunt kind of their grunts their underlings their lower ranking demons to take care of things they don't even pay any attention to it until it rises to their level that's to your advantage to grow in secret. So you quietly grow as a tree and become strong in righteousness. Don't worry about proving yourself to others. Don't worry about proving yourself to hell or, or, or the kingdom of heaven or anybody or anything. It's just you and God right here. And then doing the works God has called you to do. Be faithful. Be loyal. You're in the word of God. You're faithfully tithing. You're doing, you're, you're doing all the basic things, right? You're learning how to walk on sapphire stones. Now, in your job, in your personal life, start to make the changes that God's speaking to you. And if you don't know what he's saying, and you're saying, okay, that sounds great, but I haven't heard anything. The ears may not be developed in your spirit, but you're a child of God. Bob Jones said, if they get any of your senses stopped up, like your ears or your eyes, they can't get all five at the same time. That's really good wisdom from the prophet Bob Jones. They can't get all five senses stopped up at the same time. If you're struggling... There's always an open door. Yep. It's under the instant five. There's yep. always an open door. Amen. So we just want to speak to you. you. Blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed are your ears for they hear what the Spirit is saying to you individually in the body of Christ. Not your own individual interpretation of something, but your individual walk, your next steps, or your job, your career, your destiny, 
Walk on sapphire stones. I really believe the wisdom here tonight is uh, the celestial understanding of the works of the Holy <laughs> Spirit of the second heavens of the conquerors and overcomers of the end times. That this is the blueprint for the body of Christ and how to take back <laughs> our world from the red sorcerers oh, yeah. and the magic arts of the marketplace and that will also terminate all the abilities of religion. This is a blueprint, if you can hear it tonight, of how the red dragon is thrown down and sealed in the abyss for a thousand years. This is exactly how you do it. Revelation 21. I saw an angel descending out of the heavens. He carried the key to the abyss. Okay? And as I was reading this just now, preparing to speak it, I saw him get sealed right out of the forehead. Where's the mark of the beast in the forehead? He gets sealed away right through the forehead, which corresponds to Pluto, which is the abyss of the archangel Uriel over the abyss. And that influence in the center of man and woman's mind is sealed away for a thousand years. Do you understand? That is actually how this verse happens. He carried the key to the abyss. It's a key over Pluto. It's a key of Uriel right through the center of the nation's foreheads. And a chain, he had a huge chain, and he grabbed the dragon that old snake, the very devil, Satan himself, and chained him up for a thousand years, dumped him into the abyss, slammed it shut, sealed it tight, no more trouble out of him. Message translation. No more trouble out of him. Oh, man. He's going to seal it away through your foreheads today. He will no longer deceive the nations. Until the thousand years are up. After that, he has to be let out a little briefly. So, this is the time of sealing away the red dragon. That is exactly the season you're in. That's why you're learning these things about red magic, the red dragon, um, the cosmos, the understanding of the names, where the fallen angels and the principalities operate, so that you can go up there and create the new heavens. It's only through us that we make the new heavens. And you need to understand that the new heavens will come forth through excellent works of the Holy Spirit that God has prepared for all of us to do. And we're always improving. We're always getting more refined in everything we do, in speech and in deed. What does the Bible say about Messiah? A man that was mighty in both speech and deeds. Book of Acts, it is written. The sign that he said that he was the Messiah, that he was mighty and known in both speech and and actions, both in works and in speech. And so that will be your testimony also, mm -hmm. as that same person, Jesus Christ, is growing mm -hmm. up in you in speech and in deeds, not just in the mm -hmm. earthly anymore, when mm -hmm. you're young in the Lord, now going up mightily, mm -hmm. learning the path of sapphire stones in speech of the heavens and mm -hmm. deeds of the heavens mm -hmm. in the cosmic realm. Right, in Gevra and in Dat. That's your works. Right, because the right hand represents righteousness, but that left hand represents Gevra, right? That one, one of those two portals of hell in the cosmic realm, within the DNA and in the heavens, of Gevra and Daat. Mm -hmm. So you have those two uh, circumcised and sealed, right? Instead of the mark on the beast, mark of the beast, six 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 on the forehead and on the hand, it's going to be. The works that the Father has prepared for you to do. 
and the renewed mind of Christ, that rainbow mind, the rainbow of halo of that emerald throne, reigning because he is the king and the god of your life. So his throne, he's enthroned upon what? What part of your soul becomes a throne? What part of those trees is transformed into a throne? And how does that correspond to the book of one Enoch? That what, would, what did Enoch see that the angels explained to him would someday become a throne? And how does that correspond to what we've studied in the soul layers? We'll leave that for you for next time. Same Amen. bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> Love you guys. Support Red Letter Ministries. Become a monthly partner, a tither, a cheerful, sacrificial giver. Click the links in the description and be blessed. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys Tuesday. See you guys. Have a great weekend. Glory. <laughs> <laughs>gonna mention briefly I have perfumed the pinnacle of my perfumery in this ascension fragrance of lightning I think it is the best fragrance I've ever made it literally smells like lightning and it's got something like 20 ingredients in it and this is the season that the bride of Christ is in and it is so cool to have a scent to go with the season so I just released it. You can check it out, BB Lecture Perfumes. But it's really fun to have a perfume with the season of what the Holy Spirit's doing in the works of Christ. And you can check it out, get a sample, or buy a lar large bottle, support my marketplace and my business, and buy a bottle of perfume and smell good while you rise from the dead. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>
Just as you are. Just as you are. 